Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Us Weekly's entertainment director, Travis Curran, and you're tuned into Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. The show where we break down all of the latest, greatest, messiest, and most fun celebrity gossip stories of the week. And wow, this week truly is a doozy, but I couldn't do it alone. We have Gwenabit Flamabitberg. Hey, Gwen. <laughs> Hello, Travis. I love my royal name. Thank you. And Sarah Harold or Henry. We don't really know Prince Harry's real name. Uh, it's Henry. I hear even though William calls his Harold, which is so strange. But her name, Sarah Heron. Hey. Wow. You just tried to like put me as a Harold. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, to this week, I mean, there is no other choice for us to talk about all of the bombshell revelations coming out of the spare himself, the spare, the book. Just, you know, it's like a bowling alley. There are spares everywhere on this podcast and the revelations are just too wild to not talk about. So let us kick off with our woes of the book, because that is what we're talking about. Let us start off. Gwen, when you reacted to all of the news yesterday, which is, it's sort of hard to keep track of because it was every 15 minutes, maybe another bombshell. What stuck out to you at the end of the day now that we've had, you know, 10 hours to process? I'm still shaking my head, scratching my head. It's a head scratcher. I, there's so much, Travis, but really the thing that I just couldn't get over was the whole bit about the tiara. When Harry talks about, you know, right before the wedding, you know, Megan's trying to do her hair rehearsals with her hairstylist. She would was coming over from France just to do this hair um, test, which every bride does before their wedding. And Angela Kelly, who was the Queen's royal dresser and confidant and friend for 20 years, um, you know, who's sort of the, the keeper of the crown, the jewels, right? All the tiaras and the outfits and all that. She was apparently nowhere to be found. Um, that They didn't know where she was and, you know, they, they couldn't get their hands on the tiara. And apparently Kelly had 
um, taken issue with Megan's choice of which tiara she wanted to wear. So there was some thinking that she was intentionally holding back the tiara. Um, and then, you know, Harry says in, in the book spare, she just suddenly appeared out of thin air and had him sign the release so that she could hand over the tiara to go to Megan for the wedding trials and the wedding day. But I mean, I just, first of all, everybody loves a tiara story because who gets to wear a tiara in this entire story? There's so much to me that's like so normal about sibling rivalry, family dynamics, um, you know, the the high drama that surrounds a wedding. Um, but this obviously includes a tiara and who doesn't want to wear a, a, an actual dang tiara on their wedding day? So it was pretty wild. I mean, we all saw Megan on her wedding day. She looked really beautiful in the tiara. My friend Serge Vermont did her hair. It looked beautiful, just as Megan liked to wear it. Um, so I, I, I just the woe for me is like in the story, because like, wow, that those are some antics that, you know, Angela Kelly just wasn't around. Um but on the other hand, I'm also just kind of like when you're a, a bride and a groom, you kind of assume that everybody is on your timeline and the events are as important to every working thing in the world as they are to you. And I don't know, maybe Angela Kelly was doing something for the queen who was her actual, um, you know, the person that she had to tend to every day. Um I've got a lot of feelings about this book, but I will relinquish the woes over to Sarah Harold, uh, <laughs> give hers, and and we're just going to get into it because there are lots of thoughts and feelings about every single thing in this book. Which, by the way, thank you, Harry, whose name is not Harold, it's Henry. Thank you for giving us so much information. I mean, so much information that I truly never needed to know, but now will live on with all of us. Um, and I think there's endless woes and things to talk about, but I also just want to point out that even the way this has been released, because this book is not out until Tuesday, January 10th, and it went on sale in Spain. So there are outlets translating from yeah. Spanish to English actively as we speak. Us Weekly has a copy of this book, um, you know, can't say how, but we do. And there it's just, that's crazy. So first of all, like that's a woe that it's all happening days earlier. And I think the heavens, because on the day of the golden globes, um, I didn't want to be reading this book at 5am. So God bless. And from the second I started, you know, seeing pictures of the pages and getting the passages, I just couldn't get over the fact that it's just Willie and Pa and Harold throughout the whole book. And mummy, we're not using names. Willie, he uses the word Willie throughout Every 400 time. pages while describing his brother's quote unquote alleged rage or a sweet moment. Either way, he's Willie. Like who knew that we were supposed to be calling Prince William Willie this whole time, you guys? Well, I think that it actually like, you know, do you have nicknames for your siblings? Like these are sibling and family nicknames that usually are terms of endearment, but in the book, it just seems like all of it is with such venom. I mean, yeah. from the beginning, Harry clearly, I mean, the book is called Spare and I don't know what it's like to be born into a family where you're considered a spare. All right. I am the third and I was on, I was unplanned as far as I know, I was a surprise. So there's that. I could unpack that trauma if I so choose. I don't have any cause like I'm fine, but yeah. like, 
even just reading about his like anger about being called the spare, both within his own family and in the media, like I get it. That's definitely like bizarre. But also, like if I had to choose between being the heir of the spare, I would pick the spare. 10 out of 10 times. Your life is so much easier. Again, get a better therapist than the one you have now to help you work through maybe like some things to unpack there, learn the tools and then like go live your life. Cause by the way, like you got to do so much cool stuff and there's nothing in this book that's like being a Royal also was like fun and there's privilege. Like it's all negative. And I just feel as though Harry just needed like a little bit more time in therapy and like this all would have been okay. I think that, um, you know, I don't know, Trav, do you want to give your a woe and then we'll get deeper into this? But I, you know, I just like, I feel like he needs a lot of therapy, the death of his mother and and then um, this position in this very unusual family. But I also feel like he found the perfect partner in Megan to help him amplify. You know, here is a woman who is an actress, knows how media works, had a a blog, you know, the TIG, like she knows how to amplify a message. I don't know. Well, there's, again, so many woes. I I am pressed to pick between two. What really stood out to me for some reason is that uh, Harry called Willie's balding, quote, concerning, which I, I thought was just so shady and hysterical. Anyone who's followed them has seen William's hairline run away faster than Meghan and Harry did from the palace. But just to call his balding concerning... I just thought was so funny and so weird, but it's not even my woe. My woe is about <laughs> Harry's Willie. It is about a frostbitten penis. I really can't wait for the Spanish translation of that just so I can use it. So he was talking about uh, Willie's wedding to Kate and uh, talked about uh, how cold he was. He says, while the ears and cheeks were already healing, the Todger wasn't. It was becoming more of an issue by the day, he says. Following the wedding, Harry says that he went to the doctor after using Elizabeth Arden cream. Harry also did confirm that he circumcised in the explosive in his book, um, despite longstanding reports that he's not. He took now, major umbrage with the fact that there were reports that him and William were uncircumcised. That the the penis talk and the circumcision talk and the frostbite really came out of left field for me. And of all the allegations, I thought he was going to bring up to you know talk you know really set the record straight. I'm glad that the fact that they had a bris of some kind was what he chose. And the virginity Just talk, what? which he described as a quick ride in a grassy field behind a busy pub. I mean, wow, Harry. Wow. Like I know. Has, Who is this woman? When are we going to find out? Come the older forward, woman. Lady. Please come forward, yeah. older woman. Who are you? I would love to know. Five things to oh, know about you. Oh, uh, I hope she's, she's like... Forward. You know, the son is like... And, and the son and the male are negotiating. Oh, she's such got a good call. Galore. I also hope she looks like the mistress of the house from Les Mis and it's just like a plus size bar shopkeep. And that was like his first virginity. It's, that's who I picture his in first my virginity, head. like there's more than one. Yeah, there are. Well, if you do it right. Um, but there, <laughs> I, I just really hope that she is 
is just stunning looking in some way, but that is wild. She'll always um, have that. And I hope she's somewhere right now, just with a little smirk on her face, sipping a cocktail. Like, yeah, Harry, thanks for remembering that quick ride. I but know no. you're circumcised. <laughs> there are so many. The thing about this book that's actually really fascinating that I didn't expect is it has like the stakes of like a real book, right? Like Prince Harry is a figure in history. This is like a real family. It's it's like real historical but it has the NSFW details and the pettiness of a bachelor book. Like he goes so petty, making fun of his brother's hairline. Um, even like little things about like the lip gloss with Kate and Megan fighting about lip gloss. Like he is petty as hell in this book. And well, kind of I mean, like he talks about drug need, use. Did you need another reminder of this? The yeah, that's what I mean. docu-series was a Bravo reality show that was cheesy AF. This took it way further, though. That was a fluff oh, yeah. puff piece. Yeah, I just couldn't believe how petty he was. Like, it loses the point, in my opinion. I mean, for a book, it was, I mean, I couldn't have enjoyed reading it more. I, I liked it a lot more than I thought. As a human, as a sibling, as a person, he, in my opinion, the message of what he is calling an institution that needs to be reworked is lost because of all the pettiness, which again, I like petty, but like, that's not, if that's the point of the book, then like you lost us all because we're all going to be talking about the lip gloss and the crown and the penis. Like you did that to yourself, Harry, like the message of this family is messed up and this monarchy is outdated and the firm and we are pitted against each other and blah, 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 blah. No one cares because you told us about penis. And it's all, it's just, it's very, very ugly. And it's really hard to respect someone's grievances when they take the ugliness that far. And I, uh, another thing I think we should talk about a really pushing the ugliness was the Nazi costume um, that, you know, (laughs) the world, the world stopped. And one of the reasons that I don't believe that Meghan Markle didn't know who Prince Harry was before they met, because when he was 20 years old, the entire world saw that Nazi costume. And then in the book, he says that he actually was showing William and Kate his two costume ideas. One was some type of pilot general and the other was a Nazi and said that William and Kate thought it was hysterical, even funnier than, quote, William's leotard costume, hysterical and pushed him to wear it. Right. The, the leotard mean, cat, the, the leotard, some sort of slinky feline. Yeah. Also, <laughs> we need those pictures, too, please. And now, well, obviously, this was a fancy dress party where the costumes were supposed to be ridiculous, but like Nazi costume, not ridiculous. And like, way to go blaming them for choosing the costume. After all that in the thing when he talks about how it's like one of the worst mistakes of his life, how he met with like a Holocaust survivor, he like did all this work to then not take the responsibility anymore and blame Will and Kate is ridiculous. I mean, that probably did happen, by the way. I'm sure they yeah. thought it was a great costume. I, I, I'm i sure it happened. And- but to include that and to also know how the media works more than anything, like it's just the pile on and like you, he made a whole point. He's made points before to talk about how like, he was quote unquote to use his words bigoted before he met Megan and like to not understand things and how that's the biggest regret of his life to wear that costume then to now try to deflect and blame Will and Kate is absurd to me it discredits him well then you know the excerpt from the 60 minutes interview which is coming on Sunday is like but I really just want my father and brother back it's like are you kidding if you wanted any sort of opportunity to make amends you hold back some of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And just also the media blitz. Like now he's doing Stephen Colbert on Tuesday. What is there left to say? He's doing Good Morning America on Monday and there's the ITV on Sunday. So there's at least four. Well, I expected 60 minutes in ITV, Mm -hmm. of course, because he's going to do an ITV. He's going to do a British network show. And believe me, that one is going to go further. But then, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but to do the British network show after saying that the British media is so corrupt and going to twist your words, why even do that if all you care about is whatever like what, what does he that wants mean? to be in the spotlight because <clears throat> as the spare he his entire life has been less in the spotlight than the air but it's like you lose all credibility because this cry for help is so transparent mm. it's i mean god if only sigmund freud were alive <laughs> i and what i just realized is that he talks about a physical altercation that happened between William and Harry. It was probably the biggest headline that came out yesterday. But now that I've read all about it, two brothers getting in a physical altercation really ranks really low on my priority list of what has shocked me. And I know that Harry fell on something and hurt his back and very broke sad. Broke his necklace. His oh, and broke, broke his, his necklace. I'm dying to know what the necklace was. He's dying well, they, to know. They think it's the pendant that Cressida Bones gave him that he used to wear every single day. Why was he still wearing that? Yeah. That's a very good question. But breaking his necklace and falling to the floor, I feel like that has been sort of overshadowed by all of this. And I don't know. I mean, physical violence is never okay. But with brothers, I mean, they fight all the time. But it is really sad that it came to grabbing him by the scruff of the neck, ripping his necklace and throwing him to the ground. Right. It's and this, very aggressive. So to give anyone context who doesn't know, this happened in 2019 when they were in a fight about Harry. William called Megan like rude and dismissive and abrasive and like difficult to work with. And obviously Harry took umbrage with that. They got into a physical fight, which apparently was something that they had done since they were little boys. So yeah. that also begs the question of William needs a lot of therapy as well. And they both need healthier outlets for their anger. A hundred percent. Violence <laughs> is not like you shouldn't be hitting your brother. I have brothers. I've seen them fight. It, it, it It's not okay, but it's not the most shocking thing on the on the planet. He, Harry has since said in a clip from, I think, 60 Minutes or ITV, I'm not sure, it's hard to keep track, that he saw red mist in the moment and that William was encouraging <laughs> to hit him back. So that obviously goes to show that these two didn't have healthy ways of communicating their issues with one another. Well, and then William gaslit him and said, I didn't attack you, Harold. Yeah, William definitely is not innocent here. Like he has oh, issues no. too. They both have major issues. Well, they both have, listen, they both have major, major issues. They both have major issues. They both experienced, quite honestly, the same trauma, which is why it's so sad that they can't come together on some of this. But there's just so much like the dynamic between two brothers and the sibling rivalry, institutional family drama, um, you know, generational family trauma, a wedding, sister-in-law's rivalry. Like the thing that I find really puzzling is why why the victimhood? Like, why is it always like it was against Megan? It was against us when like a lot of this stuff is not unusual. It's just that they 
couldn't communicate. Right. Well, like, they they did manage. To, Megan and Kate did manage to communicate once when Megan told Kate that she had quote baby brain, and you know I'm not a woman and I've never given birth, but I know that it's sort of inappropriate to tell a woman that she's being run by her hormones. Well, I you think were, Megan was making a joke here. I don't. I I think that this one. You think it was lighthearted, Megan? Here, give the. Story. Oh, no, no, I think I think she was making conversation like you know again it's like your new sister-in-law sister-in-law to be it's like it's awkward it's it's never not awkward unless you're someone's friend who marries their brother mm. you know what I mean? like it's it's never not awkward and you know these family dynamics are so insane and intense but well, and I, you know it's just go ahead. the whole thing like with the bridesmaids dresses this happens in in every I've heard the same story over and over again. And it's just to kind of like harp on that they were being being picked on, that they were being victims. It's like, why the victimhood, Harry? Why? You're yeah. the fighter pilot. You're the guy that admits to killing 25 Afghan, you know, like 25 Afghan soldiers. Right. Isn't that what he said? I think so. Or soldiers in Afghanistan, 25, whatever. He killed 25 people while he was fighting in Afghanistan. You know, he's 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 the one who's like he should be so evolved. And yet he's laying it all on the line in this book that he is a victim. Well, maybe he gets that from his alleged real father, James Hewitt, <laughs> because he alleged his paternity in the book. And I I was sort of like stumped by this because he alleged it and he alleged it in the way that his uh, father on paper, he says, Pa, like telling me stories. And this was one of the best in his repartee. He'd always end with a burst of philosophizing. Who knows if I'm really the Prince of Wales? Who knows if I'm really even your father? He'd laugh and laugh, thought it was a remarkably unfunny joke, given the rumors circulating that my actual father would have was one of Mummy's former lovers, Major James Hewitt. Um, he, as Harry says, one cause of this rumor was Major Hewitt's flaming ginger hair, but another cause was sadism. Now, he he talked about the Trinity, says it wasn't true, but I just thought this was sort of interesting in the fact that uh, Charles would joke about it sort of was really shook my soul in not a cute way. I mean, Charles is definitely like a dick for back of a letter word. Like, I don't <laughs> think he was necessarily a good father and I don't think he handled the Diana stuff well. I think he was laser focused on Camilla, which we know, and Harry and Meg, Harry and Will were like, dad, what are you doing? Like, take a beat. This, These three men did not come together in a way that certain people might have bonded over tragedy or being in this situation. They turned against each other. They judged each other for having emotions. It didn't work. But I have to go back to Megan and Kate because we glossed over all the good stuff. Um, real quick, <laughs> just want to yes. say, so the, because these are, again, are the examples that Harry used of Megan and Kate not getting along. Everything always comes down to like, this like her being British stiff. and yeah. And like British people and American people, like not being able to like understand each other. And it's just so crazy to me because like, I'm sure there's, that's true in some sense, like people, you're different, you're raised differently, but like the examples were Megan asked Kate to borrow 
a lip gloss backstage in 2018 before that big one, the one public appearance all four of them ever did together. <laughs> and Kate, forget? I think, was like confused and reluctantly let Megan the lip gloss. And that was like the first sign of a crack. Like, okay, interesting example. And then we fast Megan forward. Megan put it on to- her finger and put it on her lip after. Right. Like everyone does. Again, maybe, well, Kate maybe she's been- a germaphobe. Like I'm a germaphobe. I was before the pandemic, you know? Fair. But it's just so funny. It's all so petty. <laughs> then we were fighting over bridesmaids dresses and Harry finds Meg collapsed on the floor. Collapsed. Quote, uh, direct quote, not translated from Spanish, direct quote, collapsed on the floor while because of their fight and then Kate apologizes, sends the flowers they're fighting over, whatever again happens in any wedding situation. Then we get to June. And I thought this fight was really interesting that there had been all this stuff over the year. Like everyone kind of got along at first because Harry and Megan, I mean, Megan and Kate and William were allegedly quote, massive super fans of suits, but then struggled to get along with <laughs> Megan. So that doesn't really make sense, but whatever. I believe that. I believe that they were massive fans of suits. Oh, I, I remember a source telling us at the time that William yes. and Kate were actually really big fans of but the still, show like bitchy when they met Megan whatever uh, I mean Megan I mean, seems annoying like not an excuse to be racist towards her but if I met her I'd probably be like oh god like but still it's like a big one but here's the thing it's like and this is what I just don't I I still like in terms of the firm and the racism okay because this is um you know it's institutional it's historical but with with William and Kate like I, I don't I don't Every single thing is not racist. Like none of this as just somebody reading about these fights and these altercations and the instances that happen. Like I have a hard time connecting the dots on why it was perceived as them being racist towards Megan. If anything, it's like they were kind of like more, you know, prejudiced against her being an American. Or yeah. being an and a actress. divorced like, actress. I, I, none yeah. of it really. I just I don't connect the dots in in the experience that he's relaying. And the other thing, guys, is just and this is, of course, like it's speculation. But like every time we see Megan in an interview, every every time we see her in an interview, the Netflix series, um, you know, the way she was portrayed on the Lifetime show, because I'm sorry, but like that's got to count for something. Very calm, very even. What do you think she's like when she's not on camera? Like, what do you think she's like behind the scenes? Because it's got to be this like. Well, we saw like one second of it. We saw one second of it in Harry and Meghan. The only real moment, which was when the text. Text yeah, Beyonce. The, or, yeah, the no, text. no, not the Beyonce. No? no, that was the fakest part. Oh, no, the text from William. Well, you oh, know, when, when, not even then, but when, because that was also calculated, like we can't even read it. We have to hang up with Tyler Perry and go talk outside. When... <laughs> They're debating what to do when she finds out that the Daily Mail lawsuit and Williams alleged comms person like is offering to be on not on basically like give them leverage against Megan. And she finds out in real time and she's like, it's your brother. It's your brother. And she's like wanting to say something like savage, but she tries to stop herself. But like you can see that's like that was the realest moment of that whole however long we watched but june of 2018 real quick just thought it was interesting that they had this airing of grievances and the four couple the two couples four people like tried to move past it but ended up just being bitter again with each other and fighting over easter presents and that was when the baby brain comment was made and kate said she was offended that megan commented on her hormones and willie allegedly said we don't do that in britain and put his finger in her face and she apologized and they all like fake made amends and like agreed to move on but clearly never did so i think this is also the case of 
they never wanted to like Megan. Like, I think from the beginning, they were like, again, this American, this actress, like we're, oh, we don't, we don't, we're not for this anyway. And then they picked it things she did, but also Harry and Megan picked right back. Like everyone is guilty in this situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've talked about this from the beginning. It's like, nobody wins here. You know, we, we talked about that from the first interview. It's like, Nobody wins when all of this ugliness is aired. Okay. Anyway, moving on. What about the Princess Diana tunnel? That was a big one. Wild. Wild. I mean, I, I could totally see that. You know, Harry. You don't know. Harry um, revealed that he had a driver drive him through the tunnel where his mom died at the same speed. And then when he called William to talk about it, William had actually done something similar. And then they decided to do it together. Um, and, you know, just the questions around Diana's death and what really happened. And he kind of raises the same ones, doesn't have any answers because I don't know how he would. But I thought that was it's just so interesting because there's moments of that where they really do bond and they have this thing. But that- delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. And they cannot get it together. And I think their comms teams being against each other and the institution and the people, it makes sense that they can't, whatever, but it's just sad because there are these glimpses of, you guys are the only people in the world who know what it's like to be Prince Harry and Prince William. And you should lean into that. And it's crazy. 100%. This is, they have the same shared trauma that is beyond significant. And they grew up closer than close because they had to, because of the dynamic with Diana and Charles before Diana's death and then after Diana's death. So again, it's like, why would you, there are ways of dealing with conflict to be able to be happy in your marriage to this woman that maybe your brother doesn't 100% approve of without completely blowing up your family relationship. It is, I think what we've all taken from this is uh, most of these are normal family problems. And um, I don't know about your families, but we have a very limited comm team in our house. We have a staff <laughs> of about four that do it's our press dog. releases. It's the dog. It's the new puppy. It's our new, it's our puppy buck who mainly is our comms team. Um, but he doesn't try to sabotage us. But I think the overall picture is that, yes, these four had issues. The difference between Americans saying you have baby brain can take a 
expensive. Asking to borrow lip gloss, someone might think that that is germy and inappropriate, but then all of these little things seem to escalate beyond their control. And then it seems like none of the Fab Four, which they were for a week, um, have gone in the same room and talked about this. And William and Harry definitely need to have a good old fashioned like hug and cry about all of this because, you know, all of these problems are so petty seeming involving the dynamics between these four. Right. Like the part about the UK media and the racism Megan experienced and kind of trying to navigate that and Harry not feeling like he got sympathy from his family. That is something that they definitely would need to work through separately. And I do understand Harry's point of like, this is kind of an antiquated system. And like, what are we doing here? Like, again, I agree with that. Like, I think this whole thing is ridiculous, but also the stuff that you're pointing out, the petty stuff would be able to be worked through in a normal situation. But to give an update on where they kind of are now, based on the end of the book, is he did kind of tell this the whole story of when he went back for Philip's funeral in April 2021 and said he felt like he was walking into a duel. So again, he also plays into like this, like whatever. So he was walking into well, a duel. Try, he's trying to, to be a sensationalist and he's trying to sell books. And again, I think he's got some great coaching from someone who knows how to amplify stories. And I'm sure a great ghostwriter, because don't we all? Uh, <laughs> my dream is to be a ghostwriter one Could have been young. Um, him and Carol Radzewell, just kidding. Um, so, but in in this confrontation about Prince uh, Prince Philip's funeral, they he accused Charles and William of kind of denying knowing why Harry left. And kind of gaslighting him into being like, Harold, you left like this is on you, buddy. And him being like, well, you know why I left? And they were like, I don't know. And then William did something that they used to do as kids or when they were still trying to work on their relationship. He like swore on Diana's life that he wanted them to he wanted Harry and Meghan to be happy. And in the past, that was a way it was kind of like how the Kardashians say Bible and they knew they were serious. That was how they would kind of move past things. They would swear on Diana's life that they want the best for each other. or They would use, bring up their late mother. But Harry said this was this time when William did it. He didn't believe him and he didn't think William believed when he said it. So they left that April, 2021 thing. And at that meeting, also Harry confronted him. William confronted Harry about the CBS interview and was like, dude, what the hell? So I think they left that pretending they were going to make amends, but knew in their heart of hearts that it was pretty much done. And then when he came back for the Queen's funeral, they, quote unquote, barely spoke. Well, guys, is there anything else that we missed? I feel like we've covered all the explosive bombshells from today because there are so many more interviews coming up throughout the week, expanding on these. I I can't wait to hear him talk about it in person because the writing is is so dramatic. I'm excited to see what emotions it's going to bring out in Harry and how he'll expand on these allegations that have quite literally rocked this world. Yeah. My quick ones real quick. The fight about the beard on the wedding was fascinating. And also showed everything you need to know about William, William and Harry's dynamic, which is just toxic as hell because Harry went to the queen and asked for permission to keep his beard on his wedding day. And the queen said yes. And then William got mad because he said that Harry put the queen in an uncomfortable position by asking. And they fought about it for over a week. And then Harry was like, why is this bothering you, Willie? And he was like, because I didn't get to keep my beard at this point. And he was like, ah, here it is. The difference between the heir and the spare. But also <sighs> then him admitting that sometimes the spare gets special treatment, too. So, you know, interesting. Well, the point, spare but- gets to actually like live, live. on life. 
And then you the know, other one was I'm, just all the like allusions to Princess Diana's like kind of ghost or spirit. Like Harry has definitely become quite spiritual. Um, he said he's felt Diana's presence more in the last two years than he had for the rest of his life. And he claimed that when because Harry and Meg and what William both said that they, you know, tried to stop the wedding to Camilla and that things went wrong that day. And he kind of suggested that it was Diana's spirit stopping <laughs> things, which is like a literally a National choir headline. But like Harry wrote it. <laughs> and he said that um, after him and Megan left and they hung up a order, a Christmas ornament with the queen. Archie broke it and he thought that Diana had a good laugh about that. So there was a, a lot of like a ornament of the queen, his dear grandmother, who, by the way, never wronged him. You know, that was something right. that I liked in the book where, you know, William was angry with him about wanting to propose to Megan. And he said, you've got to talk to granny. And Harry couldn't get to granny because, of course, the gatekeepers were keeping him from it. And finally he did. And William was rageful that he went to the queen without, you know, the proper channels. And the queen said, you know, Harry said to the queen, allegedly what he's writing in his book, he said to her, I hear I have to ask for your permission and the queen said, oh, you have to ask my permission. Well, then I'll just have to say yes. Like she there was there was nothing. She was always kind or at least from what we know. Right. So, like, I found that bit about the ornament just trying to be sensationalist. And again, like you take issue with the British tabloids and the British press for their sensationalism. But yet there were so many parts of this book that went for the sensationalism. And you're just handing us over headlines. Like, I'm sorry, Harry. Like, I don't know what you, you you just fueled the fire for another six months. Again, amplification. I do believe that he had help there and it was encouraged. And the one thing that I want to say about Diana, and again, this is just my two cents, Diana had these same issues with the monarchy um, and she did do that one TV interview. But on the whole, Diana was very private and very soft spoken. And Diana just wanted to live her life. She just wanted to live her life when she was dating Jody. She wanted to just kind of like get away from the royal family and live her life in peace. And what Harry is doing is not at all in the spirit of what Diana would have done. So it's kind of like good for him that he feels her. She is, you know, her spirit is giving him strength through this. And that's amazing. You know, it's like this poor boy lost his mother and identifies with her, the woman who he chose to marry. He identifies with his late mother quite strongly and amazing that he feels her spirit and it's giving him strength in all of this. But in the case of like, what would Diana do? Not a tell all that's super ugly and is going to create a giant irreparable rift with his brother. I also think if Diana was in the room uh, while Archie broke a Christmas ornament of the queen, I don't think she'd be having a laugh about it. Maybe she sends it as a sign of like, don't break up your grandmother. I just think it's interesting how he chose to believe the spirit of Diana was there when it very much looks the other way. Oh God, well, I am just a concerned headline, hairline, 
sir concerned hairline, <laughs> which I hope uh, Perry has changed Prince William's name to concerning hairline. And I hope that William has his as frostbitten wee wee or something <laughs> like that, just so we can take a little levity from this really rough family rift. Gwen, Sarah, thank you guys so much for talking about all of this. I This was fun because this is so much explosion and juice. We've been talking about the outskirts of this and now it is really blown up in our faces. And can I borrow your lip gloss? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would never. <laughs> well, <laughs> as long as you, you put it on with your finger, Trav. See, I think it's like, uh, putting on your fingers like the grossest part of your body i i just uh, more well, it depends. we don't know if it was a tube if it was like a little thing of vaseline if it was oh, not, yeah. like maybe she, if she, if she tubed it onto her finger and this then there's actually no contact there's we lip lip lick lip gloss gate that harry started this is not someone taking the story and running like you you gave us this and now what are we supposed to do with it harry like you're asking for this i'm sorry you aren't anyone who writes a memoir it risks this I happen to know that Kate Middleton loves Bobby Brown lip gloss, so it was probably on a little doe foot wand, most likely. Wow. Oh, goodness. Well, I hope that we get a recreation of this on the 60 Minutes interview. Be like, what did the lip gloss look like? Please show me how she applied it to her finger. And here's a picture of a concerning hairline. Well, we will be back again next week to talk about this. Jen Shaw sentencing, you know. We I know she's still in court. I'm just refreshing like crazy. Oh my God, same here. It is a big day. Well, thanks again, Gwen and Sarah, for helping me spill all this piping hot celebrity. Again, this is Travis Cronin, Despair, Us Weekly's entertainment director. <laughs> and we will be back next week. And keep in mind, celebrities and royals and former royals, you know what they are? They're, They're just, just like, like us. us. A little bit more bitter. A little also, bit more bitter. A judge, the judge asked Jen Shaw if she was still selling free Jen Shaw merch. So just need to get that in there. Oh my God. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you, our listeners. Thank you for the ghost of Diana if you are listening. And it's been a rough week. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.